it didn't listen to me. It walked out of the thicket, it turned around and looked at me. They looked up and in this tree, there was a monkey man. And the monkey man jumped down out of the tree and started running away. Suddenly, they're right in front of the car. He slams on the brakes and manages to stop. And he's skidding because it's not quite, you know, um, gravelling. And for literally for about a second and a half, they just stood there because they don't know where to go. And you tell them panicking, they're like ripping up thing. Their 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 face is like twitching. to Bigfoot Society, a podcast where we focus on cryptids, the strange, and the unexplained of this world. If you've got a story or something weird to share, send an email over to me at bigfootsociety at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support this show, head on over to patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. And now, on with the show. All right, Bigfoot Society, I've got the pleasure of talking to someone I've wanted to have on the podcast for a long time, Mr. Sam Sheeran. How's it going, sir? Good evening, Jeremiah Busybody. You've been very busy. Uh, you know, I've I'm, seen you posting all kinds of things. to the next level, dude. Yeah, I'm you're everywhere. What happens. Yeah, it's dude. great. I see you're all over Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, it's brilliant, man. How you been? Dude, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm having a really fun day. Uh Got to take a, a walk around the town with my son. We got some apple cider and then got to do some podcast stuff. So, you know, some interviews, get to talk to you, get to do a Bigfoot live extravaganza with Tate later on tonight, or this will be in the past for when people hear it. So hopefully you guys made it. <laughs> but um, I, I've wanted to talk to you for a long time, dude, but you know, before we, I won't jump too far ahead. So let's, let's talk about, you know, when I think of Mr. Sam, here's what I think of. So I, you know, your work, your, you know, I know you for being one of the, the top most uh, respected artists in the cryptozoology community, I think. And I know that's, that's quite the thing to say, but I think I, I can say it, you know, because like, literally, I will tell you on my desk right now, I am surrounded by the work of Mr. Sam. And this is not <laughs> planned. I have this. Ah. Your your beautiful, you know, over there. And I have this. Oh. It's taped. Here we go. Uh this beautiful uh interpretation of Cliff Berrickman that you did. Arnold Malison magazine. Yeah. So yeah. I mean Great literally stuff. your work is everywhere. So it, it's very cool. Uh, are there other things that you would want the listeners to know uh, about yourself before we start chatting? Um, well, thanks very much for the warm words to begin with. That's that's really that's sure. really nice to hear. It's always lovely to hear when someone likes your work. You know, um, I, I guess I, I'm pretty much known for cryptozoology, but for uh, most of my let's call it a, a art career, I've been doing album covers for bands and um, book oh, covers. Okay. And things like that for authors and whatnot. Um, and so, generally speaking, um, my cryptozoology artwork has been a sort of a side passion in the background. And and it's only really in the last ten years that it's kind of really taken the forefront um, and moved all of the the rock music kind of artwork, the album covers and things, which I still do. Um, 
it's pushed it aside somewhat and more and more people are coming forward to me to say hey will you illustrate this or or you know there was a witness report we need you to do a, a an illustration oh, really? or something so it's yeah. fun um but aside from that i do uh i'm actually obsessed with christmas a lot of people think as i do dark okay. Eye, i would i would love halloween and that halloween would be my favorite like everyone says halloween's their favorite for me christmas is my favorite season believe it or not interesting um because and i know we're about to hit the halloween mark True. currently as we're recording this um and it's a little too early to talk about christmas so we can save that for another time <laughs> but um yeah i do uh creepy christmas cards uh every year and different designs based on creatures and folklore of you know the dark christmas and the old folklore mm. surrounding it which okay in many ways includes bigfoot so yeah that's pretty much what i do <laughs> well i'm in, i'm intrigued so you can tie bigfoot to dark christmas is what you're absolutely saying. Oh, really yeah. Yeah. How, yeah, yeah how does one do that well you must have heard of the the european versions of the bigfoot particularly the english versions but they'd spread across you know all of europe germany in particular has thousands of stories all different variations of hairy wild people oh sure yeah. um which you know spreads into the into the lore of the werewolf and and the the dreaded word the dog man and that kind mm. of very controversial area. I, I was talking to Michael Hanks and the gang yesterday about oh, that. Oh sure, yeah. Um, but the the whole werewolf legend in Europe, I think it's it's believed that more people were burned to the stake for being werewolves in Europe um, than witches. Uh, really, which is which is fascinating when you think about it because you always think of witches being burned to the stake. Well, yeah. in actual fact, it was more of the the fungus and the stuff that was growing in the mills and, and the corn and everything that was making people hallucinate and there's this sort of an epidemic of craziness of, oh of lunatics and werewolfism and lycanthropy and everything and so people were confessing it almost became a popular thing that they would um use it almost as an, as an excuse to be a wild person but then you have these stories of warnings and this is where the christmas bit ties in okay people would warn their children uh, not to wander off at night or even, you know, too far in the day into the forest alone um, for fear of being eaten by wolves. And what they would do is they would invent characters that would not only be just wolves that would attack you because, you know, a wolf's a wolf. But if you were to embellish it and maybe say that it was an intelligent character that's going to carry you away in a, in a basket, mm. you know, the legends of Krampus, everybody's heard of sure. Krampus these days, but there's so many more. Um, and it includes hairy wild men, which huh. in England, you have the woodworths, the woodhouse, all of those different uh, giant hairy men. Some of them are carved into churches in England with oh, wow. big clubs, you know. Um, so there's that legend of the giant hairy man in the UK and Europe, which goes back, you know, a couple of hundred years. But it makes you wonder, was in fact the population of Bigfoot way back when? And were they in fact stealing children? That is um, so fascinating. Yeah, the Christmas legends do tend to tie into that sort of thing where they would warn children and scare them with these stories because it was, in essence, a very real threat. Hmm. I'd never heard of uh, people being burned at the stake uh, to do with like dog man and werewolf stuff like that is totally new for yeah. me. You know, I grew up in New England and you ah. know, the big thing out there, of course, is, you know, when you think getting burned at the stake, unfortunately, it's the Salem witch trials. Mm, you think of uh, Disney. <laughs> yeah hocus pocus i guess i don't know but uh, i don't know yeah i saw that film for the first time uh two nights ago the first I, one 
the like first one. Thirty year old one. I yeah, I'd never seen wow. it before. Um, and Intense. Yeah, it was for me at age forty four. Um, okay. And then I immediately watched the new one after it, which I don't know if you've seen it, but I have not seen it yet. No spoilers. A lot of me is like, you know, there is a lot of nostalgia factor for the first one. And that's like, I don't really want to ruin. I don't want to ruin that, you know, like I just, I don't know. Maybe someday I'll watch it. We'll see. But uh, mm. the first one has like, you know, some really uh, fun, nostalgic memories tied to it. So I believe it, so. It might take a while. I think a lot of people grow grow up with that. And uh, yeah. from what I've heard, people, you know, people are jaw on the floor shocked that I've never seen it. But uh, mm. anyway, thanks yeah. to Bigfoot. <laughs> well, there, there you go. Uh, and so you did you you grew up originally and in the UK. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was born in Liverpool, England, in the Northwest. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm a Liverpoolian. When um, was it that you had come over to uh, the US then? Well, um, I've been in and out of Los Angeles and sort of around the States since 2007. Um, so, what are we talking around 15 years or so? I've been over here. Okay. Um, okay. But, I mean, I go back to England maybe twice a year. Okay. Uh, cool. If I can see friends and family, you know, Christmas is always the big one. There's nothing quite like an English Christmas. It's oh yeah, it's marvelous. Oh, oh unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I uh, can't wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, I did spend some time in uh, not England. It was uh, a Western Ireland, and I mean, mm. even just the cultures is so totally different and laid back and you know, delicious breakfast food. And it's just like, oh, this is really oh, yeah. nice. I yeah. love it. Well, my, my last name, uh, my my whole family, my family heritage is is Irish. Um, oh, okay. And it's, you know, it's Southern Ireland. It's just Ireland. So uh, Sheeran, my last name, that's where that originates. Of okay. Course. And, and yeah, you know, I've been over to Ireland a number of times and it is like stepping back a few hundred years. You it's know, there's amazing. still people using horse and carts and things. and. Yeah. There's, you know, a hundred pubs in every town. Yeah. Yes, totally. And uh, you can get away with anything because you just sorry, I'm American. I didn't know. And they'll be like, ah, <laughs> oh, it's okay, friend. You're American, whatever. Yeah. That only lasts so long. And then they, <laughs> that's true. They lasted the for at least yeah. six weeks. So I guess don't press <laughs> your luck after six weeks. But um, yeah. so I asked that about you being in the UK versus uh, the US, because mm-hmm. I'm curious, have you noticed that there's a difference in the way that, you know, um, people in the UK versus people here view uh, cryptids and folklore and legends, things like that? Very much so. Okay. Yeah, very much so. Um, I don't know if you've spoken to Andy McGrath before. I haven't, actually. You should get him on. He's, he's okay. a great guy. I'll, yeah, um, definitely. You know, he he's done a book recently published by uh, Doug Hijack's company. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, Hangar One Publishing, I believe mm-hmm. it is. Um, and Andy McGrath, he's worked with Brett Manning, has illustrated some of his books, mm. I believe. Um, but he, he's, a, he's a good person to talk to about British cryptids. Um, but in terms of the difference between the attitudes and I suppose the, um, the view on it, uh, I think in the UK and Europe in general, we tend to come from a position of we don't really think about it because it's always been part of the landscape. It's always been woven into the culture growing up. Um, I mean, we have a lion and a unicorn on our 
coat of arms. That's, that's you know, we, point, we, yeah. the Welsh yeah. dragon has a dragon on its flag. Mm. You know, so it, it's very much instilled in us. So we haven't sort of ever been in a position to be looking from the outside in of, oh, this is strange and oh, let's think about this. It's just part of the United Kingdom and Europe is fairies and folklore and, and hairy wild men have always been there, lake monsters and sure. ghosts in particular. You know, UK oh, is yeah. considered the most haunted nation on the planet. Um, everywhere's haunted, of course, I always say that. But um, yeah, we have this entire history of strange um, and so the attitudes towards cryptozoology, um, it's become, especially in the last 10 years and very much so in the last five years, you'll have, you'll have obviously seen this incredible explosion of documentaries yes. all, all over Discovery Channel or the Travel Channel, you know, um, and it's everything from five different documentaries about the Chupacabra or the Loch Ness Monster <laughs> Or there's, you know, 25 ghost shows, um, all different groups and different teams of ghost shows. Um, and it's just gone out of control. And, there's, you know, you have Expedition Bigfoot. Of course, we've had Finding Bigfoot since, you know, around, right. was it 2009, <clears throat> 2010, maybe? I believe so, yeah. Um, but now we have these other documentaries that are sort of following the pattern, following the suit. And some of them are a little bit more exaggerated. And, and I think this is where I'm coming from here is, in the US, it tends to be more of a commercial machine. It's an entertainment mm. machine rather than um, a factual investigative team. Uh, you have some fantastic documentaries with small town monsters who actually sure. actually do investigate stuff. Oh yeah. Whereas, exactly. other, whereas other documentaries, which are uh, of much bigger budget uh, and considered somewhat mainstream, mm -hmm. tend to embellish a lot of things and exaggerate mm -hmm. things, and quite often get a lot of things wrong. But it's sure. all in the name of, and sometimes purposefully as well, it's all in the name of entertainment. And yeah. I think that's a shame because we're, we're also seeing this um, evolution of the word cryptid to oh, now yes. be yeah. a, an, an umbrella term to capture all kinds of strange things. You know, you'll have, and I said this the other day, you know, someone else will say that they, they saw a, a UFO in the sky and it's a cryptid. Yeah, or, or they'll exactly. see a ghost. It was a ghost, but it was oh, it was a demon. I saw this cryptid, and you think to yourself, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> I just want to pull my hair out. You know, that, it, it, it's a tricky, it's tricky, yeah. man. It is. I mean, so I don't tricky. want to sound pretentious yeah. and old and dusty, but words have meanings. And yeah, they should stick to the meanings. Yeah, I mean, um, if you go back to how it was when you what first originated is like, you know, undiscovered animals. Right? Like That's pretty much what it is. It's yeah. out of place animals, hidden animals, alien animals, and alien in terms of not supposed to be there. Right. Um, not extraterrestrial or weird. And so that's the other thing, you know, you have, you have this explosion of pop culture, almost of things like the Flatwoods monster, the yes. Dover demon, um, the Fresno nightcrawlers, you know, and, and I've illustrated these, but they're considered cryptids. Um, and yet, are they? Or are they alien hmm. creatures? And so it does come into that sort of blurry-edged area of, well, it's unexplained. It is an, a, a, a creature of some kind. So is that not cryptic in its own hmm. existence? Therefore, cryptid is a correct term to use. Um, it, it really... It does fit and it doesn't fit. And I think we're, I said this the other day, I think it's, it's, you know, you can't put it back in the box now. 
Right. We, ha- we have to, in some way, embrace the fact that cryptid is a catch-all term for anything that's unexplainably strange in a creature sense, that which could be alien or it yeah. could be a demon. I mean, that word gets thrown around so much, but we don't know, stuff. do we? We don't. It's and it's you're exactly right. It it can't go back in the box. We're at this point. It's not yeah. going back. We we kind of yeah. have to learn how to deal with it and not, I guess, become the, you know, the old, uh, the old get off my lawn, yeah, guys that are like, oh, new generation. You don't know what you're talking about. But it's like, you know, yeah. it's important for you know all generations to know. Like this is where it came from too. I guess absolutely. And yeah. it's the same with music. Um, you know, people who are interested in goth music okay. uh, from the you know late seventies and eighties, you know, oh, sure. Sisters, Sisters of Mercy, Fields of the Nephilim, The Mission, The Cure, all these old goth bands, Susie and the Banshees, Bauhaus, and then in the nineteen nineties and early two thousands, you have Nine Inch Nails and and Marilyn mm. Manson, and people were calling it goth, and of course the old crowd got really angry about it, and okay. they, would, they they would say, you know, that's not goth. And so it's the same sort of thing happening now where the, exactly. the, the dusty old cryptozoologists, <laughs> hate to call them that, but, you know, good friends of ours, I won't name names, but right, right. they get really angry, including me. Um, and they sort of, as you say, you know, we can't put it back in the box. Pandora's exploded. Yep. Um, but people are get, getting really kind of frustrated with the idea that, you know, you'll roll your eyes when you see a documentary and, and this is supposed to be a documentary where there's money behind it on a major network, as I said, that are getting things wrong. And yeah, dude, it's annoying because they are, in a sense, educating people incorrectly. Um, the, the they have is, a service and they should be upholding it. <laughs> it is, those documentaries, the effects are far reaching because I've talked to guys mm. that have, you know, let's just say sometimes things are said in documentaries about cryptids and then eventually those things, if they're not right, they can become part of the legend and affect the original legend into something that it wasn't originally. And it's like, we yeah. got to be careful what we're, we're doing for the future generations, you know, but absolutely. Yeah. Um, let's talk about uh, your, your artwork. So first, you know, it, the cool thing, I love your, your current, you, got a lot of projects but your current project i really like is you know you're doing all these covers with david weatherly that i think is awesome i mean what that's you, right you'll hopefully be done and is there yeah, a time ten frame? Years, 10 years i don't know uh, uh, well, we're, trying, we're trying to get out as as many as we can each year um david can only write so so fast i that's mean true. he has an an insane memory for strange oh, things and, and a huge catalog of um documents and files and research he's done himself over the decades you know 40 years of work so he has all the information but it's putting it in order into a book form that mm. will without leaving things out as well you know he was always exactly sort of last minute i'm sure he's like oh I've, i forgot about that one i've got to include that oh is that even gonna fit Ugh. and then you've got me with all my other projects and things that i've got to do and whether i can fit in a, a book cover into that month or, or those three months or whatever, um, depending on how long it takes, you know, it, it's whether I'm working with, with a band or, or, or another, oh, sure. or, you know. so we're trying to get as many as we can, but we can only go so fast. And mm. of course we're working on the 50 different States of the U S exactly. um, 
and we we <laughs> we lightheartedly talked about it when we began that you know wouldn't it be great to do europe and and branch out and <laughs> we had yeah. to sort of be realistic and be like well let's just get the states done first yeah because, let's know, let's see how bucks. far we get in life with um, this first part yeah i think we're on the 10th or 11th book now the 12th i forget um but yeah we're, we're working through each state one by one um and there should be one out before christmas oh wow really on. Okay. We're, we're doing one now. Yeah. So, awesome. uh, yeah. Well, I'll be interested to see what that is once it's uh, released to the public. But, you know, I remember, you know, my favorite course, Iowa, that's where I'm from. And when I mm. saw the, 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 the cover for, oh, it's so beautiful. Like it's one of the, <laughs> the, such a beautiful interpretation of the Van Meter visitor and like to see it, you know, you could, you did it good. You did it Thanks, amazingly man. good. I um, appreciate it coming yeah. from you because you're you're such a knowledgeable person on that particular cryptid. It, it is so, kind of so getting your uh, yeah. approval was 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 nice for me. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Thank you. Um, what is your so? How long does it usually take to create? You know, uh, any of these book covers that you've done? Is it a, a long creative process or? It can be. Um, it and sometimes it can be really fluid and very easy. Um, mm. sometimes it can be tricky and meticulous, but particularly if I'm trying to emulate a specific thing, like, uh, when I did champ, um, yeah. and I, I tried to as accurately as possible, recreate the Sandra Mansi photograph of, oh, yeah. of champ. Um, and so, because we didn't want to use the actual photograph, it has to be sort of, you know, a an entire scene that wraps around to the back cover. And there's always a big foot on the back cover hidden somewhere. As I well. love that part. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah. On every single state, there's a big foot on the back cover somewhere. Um, and so creating that particular cover took a little longer because I had to sort of, you know, really zoom in because the original photograph isn't particularly as always clear. It's quite blurry. There's, there isn't that much detail to make out. So it's for a lot of people, it's up in the air, you know, is that actually a tree stump? Is it, is it just quite small and close up? And, you know, th there's always those sort of questions with like monsters mm. and things. Um, so what I did with, with most of my cryptid work is I will always try and make it look as realistic as possible as though, you know, if this were alive, what would it look like living and breathing? Put those anatomical natural history references in there that I know so well, and I'll, yeah. I'll try and weave it into a believability so that when someone sees it, they're like, Oh, that's a real creature. And then more, persuaded perhaps to read about it and find out about it or be inspired to pick the book up and say what the hell is that thing you know? yeah exactly so doing the book covers it, it can you know it can take um in some instances just a matter of days sometimes weeks um literally <laughs> because it's down to you know sometimes especially someone like the van meter visitor is very it's very touch and go as to well how do you portray that because there's so many conflicting mm stories as to what it looked like sure but also yeah. what it could have been yeah um so you have uh stories in that region of dragons as well and that's a very mm -hmm. loose term so you know how many how many ways can you illustrate a dragon so that element was thrown in there with it being oh, cool perhaps a fire breathing dragon is is the old romantic thing but of course they have this light that comes out of its horn yeah that's sort of a thing maybe with a dragon um and then you have the pterosaur idea or the giant bat idea, the the humanoid alien idea. There's so many different things, as it, you know. It is, yeah, that, that's cool. How do you how do you do that? So yeah. that one took a little while because it had to be, for me, 
real. It had to look like a creature. And mm-hmm. I think that's also something that David appreciates is that he comes from an area of skepticism as much as I do in, in a sense that we do celebrate and enjoy these tales of monsters, but we also come from the angle that this happened and we mm. want to get to the basis of telling the account as it was without, you know, adding any frilling to it, it really, you know? And I think that's important as well, keeping it real. Exactly. And, you know, those books, um, you know, the information in those, you know, coupled with your your interpretations on the cover, I think it's it definitely, you know, some of the best uh, state-focused cryptid books. And, I mean, for Iowa, it's like the only one, really. It's amazing <laughs> to have it. Uh, it's like 80 pages of Bigfoot history. But um, do you have a, you know, thinking over the years, you've done so many different you know, uh, interpretations in art of crypt is you have a favorite one that, you know, after you did it, you were like, Oh, I really, really like how that turned out. Or, uh, is it hard to pick just one? It's really difficult. Yeah. Um, I suppose it's like picking your favorite child. That's true. Um, yeah, I've heard. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I mean, if, if I would say what's my favorite cryptid, Oh yeah, sure. We do I that. guess it's, I guess that's the same question, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with, with with anything with artwork, you know, a lot of artists, um, I'll I'll completely agree with. We don't like our own work for the most part. It's hard to step away, and mm. it's hard to finish work. Um, and I'm sure it's the same with music. You know, where you'll be working on a piece and it's just not quite right, um, and things are never finished they're only abandoned mm. i think picasso said or something like that okay uh, it sounds really pretentious doesn't it but um <laughs> but it's a quote that works uh mm. you know i will work on a piece of artwork and i'll just i'll walk away and then i'll be like oh i'll just fix that little bit there or oh that that toenail's bugging me or you know mm. that little eyeball's bugging me or there's a glint in that a horn on its head that's bothering me and so <laughs> yeah nothing is ever really finished so i could never pick a favorite because uh, i like some of my own work i'm not gonna lie sometimes okay. i will i will sit back and go oh I, I did a good job give myself a pat on the back but then a week later <laughs> a week later i'll look at it and i'll be like oh i should have just added that little bit there or that oh sure yeah, yeah i'll see things yeah. wrong with it that no one will ever see Oh man, um, yeah. and that's that's also why I don't have any tattoos, because oh, if I would, yeah, yeah, as much as I work with some of the biggest rock bands on the planet, it's ironic because I don't have any tattoos. I've never had any pierced. <laughs> um, I don't drink. I don't smoke. Um, and so, yeah, you know, um, I used to, but I, I, okay. just, I don't have time anymore. And I've got to the point oh. where now it's like, well, it doesn't even interest me anymore because I'm getting so much done. Um, but yeah, if I was nice. to get a, uh, it's true. You should try. It's great. Um, if I was going to get a tattoo, it would have to be my own design. Um, and then of course I'd look at it in six months and be like, Oh mm-hmm. no, why yeah. did you do that? Yeah. You know? So I just, yeah, I'd be tough. yeah. So it's funny. Cryptids. I think Bigfoot's got to be up there as, as a favorite no doubt, because there's so many variations. It, it, it must, you know, I'm not an artist. But I think it would be very cool to know that, hey, people are looking at my interpretation of Bigfoot. And for a lot of people, that's mm. how they're going to, you know, think about the cryptid at the end of the day. That, to me, would be awesome. But also, like, you know, it, it would definitely yeah. uh, add to the weight of the work I'm doing while I'm doing it, I think. Um, yeah. Mm. 
one one thing I want to talk to you about is, uh, you know, I forget. I think you may have shared a video somewhere, some photos, but uh, you know, you mentioned you're in LA area. You've been in LA, but That's you right. also kind of go on adventures. Yeah, <laughs> themed adventures, and I think you know one I know about is you've been to Willow Creek. Any cool uh, stories that came from that journey up uh, up the coast to the birthplace yeah, of Bigfoot? Yeah. You know, there, there's a handful of stories. Um, I first went out there in 2009, um, mm-hmm. and this was you know from a childhood love of of monsters and cryptozoology coming from the UK. Um, and I write about this in a chapter in David Weatherly's Woodnox Volume 4, I think. Oh, snap. Okay. I'll have to check that um, out. Yeah, there's a chapter in there by me. And I write about it in there. It, it, it's sort of saying that um, coming from the United Kingdom, looking at the Redwoods in California or Washington, Oregon, they were, to me, so far away. They may as well have been on another planet. You know, I would mm. open up a book and be just astounded by these stories of monsters on these faraway lands. And so 2009 comes along and I'd been, um, like most people, watching YouTube and had seen various bits of new, at the time, uh, Bigfoot videos. And I just was obsessed. And I was also um, in a sort of transitional period where I was visiting Los Angeles back and forth quite a lot, working with lots of bands and staying at various music studios and working with them, going to Comic-Con and that that sort of thing. Okay. And I said to a friend of mine, let's go to the Redwoods while I'm over there. Let's just do it. So I did. So me and my friend, Aaliyah Ferrier, we, we got on a forerunner and we drove all the way up from San Diego Comic-Con after, I think it was 2009, we went straight after Comic-Con all the way up the PCH, wow. uh, Pacific Coast Highway. And um, right up there, we stayed in Eureka, a little town called Eureka. Mm-hmm. It's a real thing. Um, we stayed there. We saw the big mansion, the Carson mansion, the big Gothic looking Adams family type greenhouse. You might've oh, seen that. Yeah. yeah That's nice. incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Um, and then each day, uh, we would stay in the motel there and each day we would drive into Willow Creek and then we would hike around that area in the mountains and the valleys and, and, uh, the Klamath river and stuff like that. So the first time out there, and this is before finding Bigfoot had even aired, you know, um, I had already had sort of some understanding from books I'd read and other documentaries I'd seen uh, and YouTube videos uh-huh. that you could put trail cameras out and you could do wood knocks or you could do calls or that kind of thing. Um, and so I was out there like a, an idiot, oblivious to danger. Um, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> you know, although I will say when we first got to the Redwoods, I didn't want to get out of the the four by four at first because i saw a big i saw a big metal sign literally next to me with a bear on it and i and i I looked at my friend Aaliyah and i was like am i actually gonna get out of the car is this safe and i was really i was really scared um but after about 10 minutes i was just running around banging trees and you know nice like like a four-year-old um pretending you're in return the jedi pretty much yeah Yeah. um or you know, Bigfoot and the Hendersons, Harry and the Hendersons. Oh, exactly. Um, yeah, totally. I was <laughs> just obsessed <laughs> with that film when I was a kid. Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, we went to Willow Creek, and each day we would go in, hike around, go back to set the motel, and then go back again, that kind of thing. We did that for a, for a few days. Um, and we went down to the visitor center. There's a little museum down there at the Willow mm-hmm. Creek Center in the little town, and it's a tiny little town. It's literally a handful of people. And in the visitor center, they said um, – 
because I was there with my video camera, like a tourist, you know, what can you tell me about Bigfoot nice. and that kind of thing? And they were saying, well, just uh, please be careful out there. There are mountain lions, there are bears. Don't go in the river. Um, it might look still on the surface, but there's an undercurrent and it will it will carry you away. So it might look cool and refreshing, but don't get in the river, please. We've lost nine people this year already. Oh, man. And so I sort of got a little shiver at my back and I was like, oh, wow danger okay mm. um but it was a really hot day and i got down to my boxer shorts and i got in the river um <laughs> like an idiot uh, and you're still break. here so that's good I, uh, yeah you know yeah. so it wasn't that dangerous um but uh we found a little kind of a lagoon area where the river curled and so it wasn't particularly fast flowing and i i did an experiment i threw a stick in the river to see where okay. it went Nice. And it wasn't really moving. So I thought, well, if that's not moving, then I don't think I will. So I got in um, and it was nice and cool and, and it was refreshing. And there was bald eagles flying over me. And mm. I mean, literally, there's like two or three of them and I'd never seen them before. Um, oh, and it was cool. just it was just magical, you know, absolutely magical. And after about an hour of uh, dicking about in the river, looking at dragonflies and trying to find teeth in the river, mm -hmm. you know, find any bones or anything. Oh, sure. Yeah calling out to Bigfoot and stuff like that. And occasionally up on the mountain, you'd see some dirt roll down the hill and you'd think, ooh, is that a deer? Or are we being oh, watched yeah. by something? And, you know, we never did see a Bigfoot. But mm -hmm. it made me wonder, were we being watched? Because every now and then a couple of rocks would crumble down the side of the hill and something moved them. You know, rocks don't move by themselves. Mm. Um, and then, of course, uh, I guess it presented itself what it would have been because I got out, towel dried off, uh, we got into the the four by four and we were just pulling away and a black bear uh lumbered down no right way. to the right to the spot where where I had just been where we were playing around in the oh, river. Oh man. And he wasn't a massive animal, but it was a big black bear. And I thought, wow, that was close. That was close. Yeah. You know? Because I was um pretty much naked, so I couldn't have done anything. <laughs> um other than scream, maybe you know that would have been a terrible situation. I don't know. I don't know if you saw the recent Joe Rogan video that he posted uh, the other day of a man yeah, being attacked the, by a black bear. The wrestlers like pretty much kicking the bear off the mountain, trying to save themselves. Dude, Unbelievable! That's wild. Yeah, it was scary to watch. Um, yeah, and if anyone, yeah, totally. yeah, if anyone hasn't seen it, it's worth seeing. It's not gory. He doesn't get bitten or no, killed or, no. or anything like that. Um, but you hear the terror in his voice. Um, and he's shrieking like, you know, you, you know, that sound is, mm -hmm. is someone absolutely facing death. Oh, yeah. And they, are, they are terrified. And you can hear it in his voice. And it's a phenomenal little capture of a video. Um, yeah, he was lucky. So was I. It's enough. Uh, that video is so crazy. It's enough that, you know, the next time I go into an area where I know there's bears, I will view it differently than I did oh, before. Yeah. Yeah, me too. yeah, me too. For sure, you just they can rip your face off, dude. Hmm. Yeah, not, not I've I've, uh, I've been out to Willow Creek maybe three or four times, um, and I went recently this January, uh, and I stayed at the Bigfoot Motel. I don't know if you've been. Oh, there. you did the one that yeah. they show in uh, Willow Creek, the the movie. Well, it's funny because yeah. I saw I watched the Willow Creek movie. I put it on DVD over there actually. Okay, um, with Bryce Johnson, who yeah. that's. Let's remind everyone is an actor. 
Right. Um, he's in that film, and uh, it's a great movie. Bobcat Goldthwait's uh, excellent direction of mm-hmm. a Bigfoot scenario. Um, but it's funny, I watched that film when it came out, and it really tickled me because pretty much everything in that film I I had already done in 2009. That's what you did. Uh, the so smile. they they went and had the Bigfoot burger, which is the bun in the shape of the foot. Yeah. And if you go on my Facebook, you can look at all my photographs from 2009, and there's me That's with the burger. Funny. You know, and they did the whole thing, the museum, the trip, the the tent, uh, just all of that, all of the signs that were there, the big woodcut out of a tree, yep, car- yep. chainsaw carvings of Sasquatch. So I watched that film and it was nostalgic for me because I was like, oh, I've been there. Oh, I've done that. <laughs> Just, and it, you know, actually, really weird. The story you told of like asking the person like, hey, is Bigfoot out here? And like, yeah, being like, exactly. This. Yeah, like that yeah. pretty much happens in Willow Creek. Exactly. And I couldn't <laughs> believe it when I was watching it. And I was, yeah, I was almost sort of, uh, not to blow my own trumpet, but it was like, you know, I've done this. And, yeah, this and I was thinking they should have just filmed me. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, it's funny, yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Someday great I will yeah. uh I will get out there myself for sure. We'll have to go together. Let's let's all get that a group. Wild. Let, dude, that would go. be wild. Yeah. Um Sam, it has been it, it's crazy. It's already I mean, it feels like we just started talking, but this has been yeah a a fun chat i've got a crazy bigfoot adventure that i've gotta make sure i get to yeah i'll 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 be watching that from afar it'll be it'll be a fun time but uh it's been so fun chatting with you and i i definitely you know we'll have to check back in sometime in the future but i can't wait to see you know what you come out with next uh your artwork whenever i see it puts a smile on my face and i'm sure many others as well but uh uh, can you take a few minutes and definitely tell the listeners all about, you know, how they can keep up to date with what you're doing, how they can get involved with your community, all that good stuff. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, this has been fun and we'll absolutely have to do it again. Um, there's there's always too much to talk about, isn't there? Um, yeah, you can find me everywhere. Um, like Jesus. Um, uh, on my website, you can find all my social media links, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, I even have a Patreon, like you have a Patreon, um, and I think everyone has those now. Um, I have a YouTube channel, and it's all linked um, on MrSamSheeran.com. Nice. And it's Mr. the word as in M-I-S-T-E-R, and then Sam, and then Sheeran, like Ed Sheeran, but spelt correctly because he spells his wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mine's Ed- spelled S-H-E-A-R-O-N. So yeah, all of the links are on there. So if you want to, if you want to follow me or, you know, check out more of my work on uh, Instagram, that kind of thing, it's probably the best place to go. Awesome. And I'm releasing Christmas cards again um, this year of my creepy Christmas monsters, oh, awesome. winter okay. warnings and look out for those. They'll be coming out in a couple of weeks. And uh, do you still do the tier on Patreon where if you, uh, if someone has wanted to have their Mr. Oh, Sam yeah. interpretation, if you want Mr. Sam uh, to, to draw w- what he sees of you uh, <laughs> it's there it's there for the taking uh, check oh, out the yeah. patreon it's yeah. pretty cool so yeah i uh, i draw live every wednesday as well so um, okay it's, nice you know it's like four times a month you can hang out and we can just talk about stuff while That's i draw awesome. monsters yeah very cool uh sam it has been so fun chatting with you it's great to to get you finally but uh you have a great rest of your night and uh we'll you be soon. checking in with you in the future my friend thanks jeremiah take care now
Thank you for listening to Bigfoot Society. If you like the show, please review and rate it five stars on iTunes. Hit the share button and send this episode to all your friends on social media. Subscribe to Bigfoot Society wherever you listen to podcasts. It doesn't cost a thing. Pick up a Bigfoot Society shirt or enamel pin over on our Etsy page and people will tell you all about their Bigfoot sightings when you wear it. At least that's what people tell us. That's what happens. If you'd like to become an official member of Bigfoot Society with a membership card, a community of like-minded individuals, and extra content each month, then please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by going to www.patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. Thanks for listening.